Welcome back, Immortal X friends. I'm Cody. I'm Riley. I'm Ethan. And we are here at the beginning of 2023, wrapping up the new year. Uh, it's been a while since you've heard from us. I, uh, I hope you have been seeing some of our recent reads on our Instagram page. Uh, but we're excited. We're excited to recap the year, um, share some some thoughts and hopes and dreams and fears, maybe, going into 2023. But I am here uh, with Ethan and Riley at Mortal X Friends headquarters, uh, and we're, we're chatting. Ethan, Riley, how are you guys feeling about the new year? Feeling good. Um, yeah, it's going to be a cool year. Lots of cool things coming out this year. Yeah. Excited to dive into some reading and watching of new things. Uh yeah, it's gonna be a cool year. Can't believe it's twenty twenty three already. Can't believe that. Yeah, it's um, it's it's wild. Ethan, how are you feeling about the year? I'm feeling pretty good. I I think this is an ambitious year. There's a lot going on that I'm excited for. Definitely some fears I have, but yeah, crazy that it is twenty twenty three. Crazy that this is the year I turn twenty one and get to experience media in a whole different way. Uh, looking forward to it very much. And your very first sip of alcohol. Your very first. Very sip. first. I, I'm really really proud of you for finally becoming a man mazel tov thank you um but here we are we're gonna kind of do this is a two-part uh podcast today this first one is a reflection on 2022 on some of the best things that we have uh read or watched and then we're gonna come back at this with a thing that we're most excited for so uh i guess there's a lot there's a lot that we read this was obviously mm -hmm. the year 2022 will be forever the year that Riley, you and I started this podcast yeah. after dreaming about it forever, and it's been really fun as we've started to uh, uh, bring in more ex-friends like like our our intern Ethan, uh, and and just kind of see the ex the ex-friends grow. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah, and you know, starting the read-alongs that we've kind of been doing, yeah. having a little like comic book club sort of thing has been really fun, especially because so much of our conversation in the last like two or three years has been these X books and now having other people being able to join us in these conversations and experience these books for the first time is very fun. Um, and it's been cool, you know, having, uh, having a few people in our lives that, um, we're not necessarily comic readers, but open to the idea, totally. uh, but just didn't know what books to tackle, what were, you know, really high quality, what are good places to start. Um, so it's been a fun little experiment that we've been doing the last uh, two or three months now. Jump into some books together and just see how it goes. See what you like. That's true. And, you know, that's something I'm very grateful for for you guys, because 2022 was the year for me at least in my mind that I kind of opened myself up to the world of comics and uh, this kind of X-Men centric thing that we've had going on so thank you for introducing me to a lot uh, yay yeah. comics yay comics yay we're comics. so glad you're here Ethan I think you were kind of a good a good test market for us to start like hey I wonder if our comic <laughs> recommendations that were like slewing out on the podcast if they actually work like can you actually start here can you read this or Riley and I just like too big of nerds that were already indoctrinated in it but i think we got to see a lot of i don't know i feel like we saw a lot of fruit and excitement as like hey ethan read fantastic four and tell us if you like it and him mm -hmm. being like actually i really love this and uh getting to dive into the the x-men books that have impacted me profoundly since they first came out getting to see kind of like honestly my ex-grandkids now of like <laughs> me giving these books to you and now you giving these books to this next group 
and we'll we'll talk more once we have our our house of x roundtable in the in the near future but uh there's a lot that came out this year uh, this was also the year that i've always collected comics and if you're on our instagram page you can see some pictures of mine and riley's collection uh, but this was the year that i feel like this is gonna sound so weird but we got serious about our collecting yeah uh, both <laughs> in single issues and to my wife's dismay um giant omnibuses of, <laughs> of like the best way to read these collected stories but i know riley you and i had a lot of a lot of enjoyment in in collecting this year riley i guess we didn't talk about this before but do you have a collecting highlight this year do you have something that stands out as like this is a peak of my collection this year um man i'm not sure it's i find that it's really fun to just kind of like hyper focus on these books that like like my collection represents the books that i have loved so much like there are things that i've decided like i really enjoyed that but i don't need to own it in like a massive you know 80 plus dollar format um so i mean when i look at my collection so far it represents just like these stories made me feel things um you know there's some books that i was just super excited when they came in i because i couldn't wait to reread it um i mean when i look at my collection i really love uh the entire like early 2000s era of Brian Michael Bendis's New Avengers, Secret Invasion, um, Siege, like that whole gigantic era. Yeah. Um, maybe Jason Aaron's Thor when that came in earlier in 2022. Um, I loved that run so very very much, and when Volume One of uh, of that run came out, I was so excited to just dive back into it again. Uh, yeah, I just, awesome. yeah, lots of stuff. The biggest, um, I think this was a big year for collecting for me. And I know I had told you a lot, like there were some books that you just weren't able to get, mm-hmm. uh, when I first started collecting that all came out this year, all came out this year, which is just kind of funny that this year that got us into it. But, uh, finally having the collected Hickman, fantastic four, uh, Bendis's ultimate Spider-Man. And another big one for me is having the trilogy of like Annihilation, Annihilation Conquest, and Guardians of the Galaxy in Omniform. Uh, my college self is very proud right now because those are books that I always wanted to own, like the complete story and mm-hmm. read through. So that was a big, that was a really, that was a really fun read through this summer mm-hmm. that I got to do. But, uh, you know, another one for me might be Hickman's East of West hardcovers. Like all, having all you three. You have all three. I do yeah. have all three. And the third one was really hard to track down. That one is particularly out of print. Um, all three of them are out of print and Hickman apparently has said he's never reprinting them again. It's been really hard letting Riley borrow all of my books <laughs> that I like got to read while they were coming out and then him getting these like nice collected editions that I'm like, oh, well, I already have these. And, uh, so it's been, a, it's been an interesting experiment realizing like what I'm fine with and what I want a bigger and better version of to just have a better collection than Riley's, but whatever we'll see about that yeah i'm already like whatever yeah but on that note uh let's talk about some of our favorite things that we watched and read this year um i'll start sure i think uh, we should note that uh as we get into this we decided that we wanted to talk about any of our favorite things that we experienced from 2022 yes um not necessarily uh, limited to comics, could be any kind of media, really. Um, also, at least in one of my answers, it's not a book that 
originally released in 2022 it's just a book that i experienced this year so it's not necessarily limited in any in any way it's just sort of a a year wrap-up of some of our favorite things totally yeah so i think that's it 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 did not have to originate in 2022 i think all of mine did but that's just how it is sometimes so uh, my first one my my favorite read of the year the one that i can't shake the one that i think just most uh, profoundly is at the top of my list ended in 2022 and that is uh, Jonathan Hickman's Inferno uh, issue 4 came out in January I have very fond memories I think this is right before Riley and I decided hey we need to make this podcast a thing but I met Riley in the parking lot of our local comic book store Legends and we read the issue side by side in the car we were almost on par with turning pages and I just was so satisfied i was really sad when i heard that hickman was leaving the the line and the run uh but that was everything that i could have hoped for with with what that was so that was extremely exciting to read um i love that book i'm honestly like not going to go into too much detail because ethan is sitting right here (laughs) and i don't want to spoil um the excitement as he's just kind of embarked on the krakoa era but inferno was awesome inferno was great uh the art's amazing the story's amazing and those four collected issues are are some of my favorite and i now own that in a very satisfying hardcover as well uh so inferno is kind of at the top of my favorite favorite reads four really special issues four really special issues knowing that's on the horizon for ethan is very exciting for for me i'm sure it is for you as well it is exciting it's it is one that for being so recent I've, i've read those four issues so many times I think before each issue came out, I reread all that came before it. Every every time. Like, mm-hmm. oh cool, issue two's coming out, I reread issue one. Oh, issue three's coming out. I reread one, two, and three. By the time issue four came out, I reread House Powers and the like essential Hickman issues leading up to it. So I've I'm very familiar with those and Inferno holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah. So that that's my favorite read of the year. Cool. There you go. Ethan, take it away. Well, my favorite read of the year uh, for me was House of X, Powers of Ten. And I think the reason for that is because, you know, you guys have kind of been my comics gurus uh, this past year, introducing me and indoctrinating me into your uh, into your comics cult. And I love is that really, word. Yeah. No, it is. It's, <laughs> it's, really it's, it's very accurate. accurate. It represents uh, my journey with all this. But, you know. With the stuff you had me read previously, I was kind of getting a sense for what you guys liked and what was kind of current in the comics world. Hawksbox threw me for a loop. Um, it was just very different. It was very special. It changes the way that I view like linear timelines in reading comics, having like three <laughs> separate uh, eras all going on at once in the same run was really cool. Uh, realizing the power of ten, like being a play on eras the story itself uh, also just introducing me to the whole concept of Krakoa for the mutants I'm so used to seeing their story being one of like we are suffering and we are beaten up by the world seeing them kind of be the power at hand seeing them kind of be the superior race for once and having their own deal going on was uh was really interesting and there were just a lot of cool moments that I remember from it a lot of one-liners from Magneto uh kind of proving that mutants have come out on top uh, everything with Apocalypse, but I think what I appreciated most about that run, and I've said this to you guys before, 
was that it definitely had a central like three or four characters that it focused on but the ensemble of mutants still like had their time totally i so my wife is reading it right now leslie's reading it and uh she just read hawks number four which mm, is when the team which is when the team is is getting ready uh to go and she literally stops she's like it's the page where they all introduce themselves as cyclops like walks over to his team and she literally stopped and said oh my gosh like this one panel told you everything you needed to know about each of the characters and i think that's exactly what he does that whole book where it's like everyone gets a little moment and it's the perfect moment for each of them yeah and that was like that was a big thing for me too is that characters that had not a whole lot of time on the page really made the best of it and that's like that's apocalypse especially or even Sabretooth. he had that one moment uh facing a judge and like yeah and he became like the central focal point for that same thing goes for apocalypse uh greeting the nation of krakoa like the island itself as an old friend just a lot of cool moments and it, it was a great way for me to and you know you guys planned it this way, I'm sure, but it was a great way for me to kind of get introduced to what we are reading now and building up to Inferno, Ten of Swords, all that kind of stuff. I'm just, I'm really excited to continue on this Krakoan journey. Well, we're glad to have yeah. you. Yeah, it's a good time experiencing the books for the first time again through your eyes. It's really a good time for me because this is like, this is the thing that Cody got to experience when I was reading them for the first time and like, he would be eagerly anticipating me hitting Hawks issue four or whatever it might be, you know, and me texting him at midnight, <laughs> just like, dude, I cannot believe, you know? And so now we're getting, I'm getting to experience that. And it's, it's very, very fun. And I'm, I'm not allowed to put it at the top of my, like what I read this year list anymore after having that for multiple years in a row. Yeah. So I'm glad it can still be on here because of Ethan. Yeah. Um, fun fact is that um, Cody actually sleeps each night with his copy of Hawkspox under his pillow because he likes it to be near to give him good dreams. That's so that's so almost true. It's, <laughs> it's not even funny. Uh, I think it's been by my bedside for, for so long, and uh, it's been obviously by Leslie's side recently, but it was it was hard parting with it to the other side of the bed sure looking yeah. back on it there were several moments throughout this read where i think i was just taking pictures of like single panels or i was like outlining single panels <laughs> and sending them to our group chat one of the ones i'm looking at is magneto with i think it's like the un ambassador or something like that and he's talking about basically like we mutants are the new gods mm -hmm. and you guys have had your time under the mm -hmm. sun get used to it we're here to stay yeah, just moments like oh, that. Yeah, I think the writing, yeah. especially, how powerful, how foreboding a the lot others, of these characters became. The others were just pictures of Emma Frost. It's but, true. Yeah. yeah, most of them, most of my enjoyment from this it was all just Emma Frost there and being yep. a, being being a cutie pie. Um, Riley, what was your favorite read? So, uh, my my answer for this is uh, is kind of based in recency bias a little bit. But truly, as I reflect, like I, I spent a lot of time in 2022 reading. Um, these days, I tend to not uh, watch a whole lot of TV anymore. Um, I spend a lot of time reading these days. And all of the stuff out of everything that I read this year, uh, the thing that I read last 
is the thing that I think I appreciated the most about everything that I read, um, which was uh, the first compendium of Brian Vaughn and Fiona Staples saga. Um, I didn't know anything about this series. Um, and when it came time to form, you know, a Christmas wish list, um, you know, people in my family were asking like, dude, what do you want for Christmas? I really didn't have anything that I was looking for. So, um, I had heard that this comic series was really great. It was really, um, really hyped up by a lot of people in the comic community. So I decided to ask for, uh, the first 54 issues of Saga and a humble ask. Yeah. And it was, it was awesome. And I I'm cheating a little bit because I did finish it on, uh, on January 1st, but can't make the I, uh, yeah, but I began the book, uh, on Christmas day and it was beautiful. I really love, um, I love the way that the dialogue is written. Um, I love that the interaction between husband and wife feel very reminiscent of like a real marriage versus, um, you know, what is kind of polished and perfect and stuff. And I appreciate that in the midst of this science fiction universe out in space, uh, that some of the messages that the writer is giving you as the reader are very like personal and meaningful um in the midst of these weird naked aliens and gigantic planets and wars and all these things there are still small intimate moments of you are not your worst mistake and you are not unclean because of your past and these like little like beautiful messages that are just delivered in a very like interesting and unique way um i didn't know i didn't know what saga was about i expected it to be just a fun science fiction story and i was blown away at how uh how how deeply personal the story was um despite all of the like the strange little bits and pieces that are out there um throughout the story so um saga was definitely the highlight of anything that i read this year it was very very special um and i am just a little bit devastated at how slowly the uh the issues are coming out because i cannot wait to keep going further into this um i've got six more issues before i'm completely caught up and then it's going to be agony waiting month to month for this book to come out so, I'm, yeah. I'm really glad that you enjoyed Saga so much. I think that was one when you told me that you were asking for the compendium. I just, reading comics with you the past few years, it's been it's been interesting. There's some things that you like more than me, some things that I like way more than you, um, and just vice versa. And so finding something that you really connected with and I think getting to hear you gush over it is so awesome. I love Saga, and it's been really cool getting to read that from the very beginning. Um, and so seeing you finally jump on that train and experience that, it's so cool. It is. It is such a beautiful story, an epic story, a really funny story too. Yeah, so um, there's funny. so many just great moments, uh, and so getting to see you really explore and dive in, and in such a great way to read that in a concentrated dosage versus yeah. the rest of us who have been slowly reading it over the past, <clears throat> like 
10 years now yeah is is wild um i got to meet uh i don't know if brian came on this summer did you uh That's yeah cool. leslie and i at comic-con we stepped in a line and it was for paper girls his mm-hmm. tv show that was on amazon and um that was one of the first things i said was like hey i loved your work on lost runaways and saga those were the ones that like really jumped out so Brian Kavon, great, great choice, Riley, for your your favorite read of the year. Yeah, and dear listener, if you're a person who has been reading Saga like in single issues, I my heart is broken for you. That <laughs> that issue fifty four came out, and then you had to wait a nice four real time years for the next issue to come out. Like my that heart is, a, is broken is for you. And I I will gleefully read issue fifty five like tomorrow when Amazon delivers it, and and I will uh, I will think of you and your long four year wait as I wait like two whole days. There was COVID, you know, like there was COVID. Like there are reasons for it being that long. Um, Also, just like the art has never suffered because mm-hmm. it takes so long. Yeah. Like Fiona Staples art is, is oh, it's so beautiful. great. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, clearly this is yeah. why they, they wait. Yeah. And take time. Riley, let them take time with their art. Don't rush them. Oh no, no, no. Like take as much time as you need, but like to wait four years between things, you know, like dude, <laughs> you know, like here's uh, Inferno issue two. And now you get to wait four years for issue three. You know what I mean? Like I would die. So you're saying somebody started and then graduated high school in the time it took for this to, yes. to release. Huh? Yeah. Wow. I believe it was June, 2018 all the way to January of 2022 that it started yeah yeah oh that was almost yeah my entire high school experience yeah, it was, was almost an entire four-year break between two issues like, and that's to put am- this amazing. even in more context like issue one came out my junior year of college back in 2011 i think is when it started 2010 2011 sounds about right so i was like eight years old you're eight yeah and now you're going to be 20. And the story yeah. is only a little bit over halfway done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a saga, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Um, do you feel like your dad brain affected how much you enjoyed this? Um, I will say, like, I know that you had mentioned that. I, we had a talk about saga about a month ago or something, and you just kind of gave me a, a short two or three sentence overview of what it was. And you said something similar. Um, you, you know, wondered if being a new dad would affect how I viewed that story. Um, I will say, I think it did just a bit, you know, the, the whole, like how far a person would be willing to go for their child. Uh, I do think that that would probably not have felt as, um, as compelling of an idea had I not had the baby. Um, what I think affected me more was like, I did not expect to read the story and experience like the marriage between the two of them and how like real it felt because some of the dialogue is not polished. It's not, it's just two people like living their lives and having, um, not everything is perfect and beautiful always. And sometimes like your conversations are, uh, you know, you, unintentionally hurt each other and you just talk about the the strangest abstract things um it felt very reminiscent of what like a real marriage is you know and i didn't expect that i expected more of a like you know like a a television marriage in which they're always just talking about recent events or whatever you know and it's kind of surface level whatever um 
but to get into like the ugly parts of marriage that are complicated and messy uh i think that was probably the the thing that i um picked up on the most yeah yeah but there was definitely a lot of like you know i understand all of the things that the two characters would be willing to do and sacrifice in order to protect their child like i do understand what that that feeling is now in a way that i don't know i would have felt as much before so yeah it's a very cool book very very cool Okay, back to you. Uh, yeah, so I'm my next one I'm going to do is I'm going to do my, I think, my favorite movie of 2022. Um, so this is hard, and as I thought through, but there's one that has stood out more than anything else, anything else, and that is um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, that is that is easily my favorite movie of 2022. Um, I saw it with my mom, which was a really cool experience uh, because the theming of the movie, it's a lot about... Uh, parents and their children and the legacies that they give and just explaining your own passions and interests to the generation before you uh, while also being a movie about multiverses and various choices of yourself some expertly done filmmaking um, by two two younger directors the Daniels and just really uh, we've talked about it a little bit as we talked about uh, Doctor Strange and Hickman's Fantastic Four um, and just the idea of the multiverse but Everything Everywhere All at Once, I think, is going to stick with me for a very long time. It's one that I think I ended up seeing maybe three times in theaters. Uh, I've not gotten to see it since it's been uh, released in home yet, but uh, that movie just rocked me. I thought it was both super funny, uh, very, very poignant, and one that getting to watch that with my mom for the first time uh, was was very cool. Um, this was... This was also like one of the last movies that I saw before I found out that I would get to like direct my own first movie. Um, and so I think that definitely kind of feels like where my like pop culture stopped for a while um, until until things started to die down. And so I think just having that there definitely feels like a milestone movie uh, for me going into it. So uh, Ethan, did you ever get to see that? So I did not. Um, I'm really excited yeah, for it. I know Riley did. From what I've heard about it, it was like, yeah, it was very uh, different than a lot of the stuff that came out this last year. So I'm, I'm super excited to check I it out. I think you should check it. I think you, I'm excited to see what you think about it. I'm I, stoked I to really discover. Liked it. You really liked it. I did. Yeah, we liked it a lot. Um, and it's, it's also super cool because it's very clear that I'm excited to see what you think because it's clear that the Daniels, the writers, directors also have read hickman's fantastic four and avengers uh and have played a lot of video games just it felt like oh hey there's a lot of commonality here between what they're doing and what what we are also into so uh yeah that's that's high on my list anyone else want to add anything on that nope nope yeah ethan ethan what are you uh hmm. favorite movie for 2022 is tough i mean there was a lot that i saw there was a lot that i liked I am disappointed that Spider-Man Far From Home came out, like, late December of 2021, or else I would have included it in this list. But I'm going to go Glass Onion, which came out, uh, you know, what, like a month ago, a couple weeks ago. I really enjoyed Knives Out. I think the amount of time it took for this sequel to come out was at first frustrating, but how good it was for me kind of made the wait worth it. I think that movie's a great example of 
somebody taking what worked well in the first movie, re-implementing it, but then adding new twists and stuff. Um, once you watch a sequel to any murder mystery, you are now expecting for there to be some form of like, oh, it was this guy, but now it's this guy. Some form of twist, some form of misdirection. You are now like kind of trained to uh, yeah, expect that. I really appreciate how we all kind of thought we knew where it was heading, and then it misdirected again. And just, you know, a lot of cool... Uh, the the concept that this character, Blanc, is going to be, like, starring in his own series of individual murder mystery films is almost like a saga uh, is cool. I just, yeah, I really enjoyed what it did. I enjoyed the cast. It all worked well together. This is the first time in a while that I've appreciated Edward Norton's work in any movie. Um... I think it was also kind of cool to see a movie take place during COVID times because it made it feel like a lot longer ago nice. than it actually was. But Did you like it better than the first one? To be honest, I did. Really? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Knives Out was great. And I think that's like a that's like an alien versus aliens thing in my mind. In just regards to like your preference will vary based on you. Exactly. Yeah. One is not inherently better than the other especially because it is a sequel, but it's the same thing with Aliens over Alien. It's just kind of whatever your mojo is. Yeah. Both movies were very well done. Nice. Well, I think that is a very, a very valid pick. I personally, I, I, I like Knives Out more than Glass Onion, uh, but Glass Onion was still a super fun watch. Really enjoyed it. Definitely had me guessing throughout. And another one where it's like, what's so fun about both of those is even if you're like, I think it's this person, um, there's the unexpected twist of of what they reveal about certain characters midway through that I think really adds to the the dynamic of watching it where it's like it's it's a murder mystery but it's also something completely different it's a murder mystery but there's also a lot of like you kind of have to play the mental game of realizing like oh all of these characters have their own drive Mm -hmm. to either want this person dead or not want this person dead totally it just yeah you are not if you think you know what's going on, you don't, and I think that's my favorite part of the movie. And, but like I said, this really was a great ensemble piece. It worked very well. All of these characters mixed well. Uh, I think the implications for the real world and like kind of the message that it was sending yeah. about billionaires and about certain uh, philanthropists mm-hmm. was great. It's, it's fun. It's, it's really the, – the first one was so much about like old money and the problems that that causes. And so this one being about new money and the problems that that causes as well is just very, it's cool. It was, it's, it's been neat seeing those explored, especially as it's like Ryan Johnson was one of like the richest filmmakers because of this deal with Netflix and still seeing like, even he's still tackling, like these are the problems that come with money and fame was really neat to see. Like it didn't feel like a sellout movie. It felt like, he used that Netflix money to good use to exactly. like to, to film it on an island. With There's very some famous, great commentary people. on today's world. I will say, I am in full support of this, and this isn't even a joke. That the third installment is a Muppets movie. <laughs> that it is the entire cast of the Muppets in a murder mystery with Blanc. I'm gonna, is that like is that an internet thing that's going around right now? Like, no, this is, is it, it this was is your it was an internet thing. Okay, and now it's like everyone's pretty much agreed that if we all wish hard enough it will happen so ryan johnson that i expected you to say right now the muppets were 
were not. That was not on my list either. I was trying was to figure out. I'm like, oh yeah, like on my radar. where is this going? So because like, oh, Ryan Johnson obviously listens to our podcast actively. Obviously, thanks Ryan. Thank you Ryan. Yeah. And if you're hearing this, which you are, because you're an active listener, yep. like the rest of you should be, um, do the Muppets for the third one. Be brave. Everyone wants it. Yeah. That's a really brave and bold move. I will say that I don't think legally that will be able to happen as the Muppets are owned by Netflix competitor, Disney Plus, and Netflix owns the the Knives Out franchise. But I, I really appreciate the go get 'em attitude of if we believe Disney hard enough, the Disney will don't happen. be selfish, because I know you guys listen to it too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Bob Iger. Thank you, Bob Iger. I was gonna say thank you, Jack Disney for Jack Disney. <laughs> Jack Disney. Um, but yeah, Bob, it's Cody <laughs> and I haven't returned my emails, but, um, just let Muppets knives out happen for Ethan and for the rest of the world. That's what we need. Amen. Good choice, Ethan. All right, Riley, what about you? Um, all right. Uh, well, first I should say, uh, one thought that I have about not only knives out, but glass onion as well, is that I want to just say that I appreciate about these two movies that they've kind of like modernized the like murder mystery genre in a like i'm not a person that grew up reading any agatha christie books you know like i that just isn't that's not me and i feel like a lot of people of my age slash generation that's kind of not them either i know like murder mystery parties are like sort of popular among some circles but just i i don't you know invite me to murder mystery parties i i don't i haven't experienced one but i'm i'm down um i have not but i'm starting to get the feeling that in like a month you are going to put on (laughs) a good murder mystery party i i've been actually i might i don't want to say how many i've been to okay i just i appreciate that these two movies are like pushing the whole genre to a brand new audience because I'm a member of that audience like until Knives Out came out I don't think I'd ever experienced or honestly cared about murder mysteries so I appreciate these two films for kind of pushing me in a direction that I had never gone before he's got a good point and it's like before these two movies the most recent like murder mystery thing that was popular was probably Murder She Wrote with Angela Lansbury like and that was back in the olden times or among us referenced in glass Onion. and i really i was gonna touch on that i appreciate so much that we had stephen sondheim angela lansbury and kareem all playing among us over zoom with blanc in the bathtub like that to me was the perfect culmination of media covid like broadway stars uh, that was one of my favorite that was probably a big big selling point for me in that movie was yeah. like this is just so great Rest in peace to the two of those who we have lost this year. Steven Sondheim. What a legend. Yeah. All right, Riley. All right. Um, I will say, so an- another um, another book that I experienced for the first time this last year um, didn't come out this last year, of course, but it's a pickup of mine uh, that I really deeply enjoyed was um, the, the first omnibus of uh, Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Um, by Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, so in 2020, I read the entirety of Ultimate Spider-Man and the first chunk of uh, the Miles Morales story uh, that led up to 2015 Secret Wars. Um, loved Ultimate Spider-Man, had a great time reading all of that, but I 
just so deeply enjoyed uh, the Miles Morales run leading up to Secret Wars. Um, it is so uh, it's so easy to read and just enjoy and laugh um, and just have a great time. Um, I appreciate a lot of these books that are just a like enjoy the ride kind of story. Um, I felt that way last year with Invincible. Uh, and I felt very similarly with the Miles Morales, uh, the first chunk of his run. Um, I appreciate all the characters, uh, a lot of the things that are a little bit different from what I usually expect uh, because we're in the Ultimate Universe and things are a little bit different. Um, I appreciated uh, the, the arc in which he gets to hang out with a Peter Parker of the 616 universe. Um, and just a lot of the stuff in that run was just very, very fun. Um, I did not have a very good um, background of who Miles Morales was as a character. Um, I have seen Into the Spider-Verse several, several times, um, but he, besides that film, I was not really familiar with uh, Miles Morales or any of his supporting cast members. Um, I know that a lot of the, like, uh, a lot of the vibes of that story have kind of been used in various ways with the uh, the MCU Spider-Man films. Um, but it was a really fun read for me. I tore through those issues in a few days. Um, it's just a matter of like, I'm opening this book and wow, four hours just went by and I just read half of this thing in one sitting That's because awesome. it's just such a fun read. So yeah, um, a nice, uh, this is probably 2000 and. 12 to 14 or 15 or something but uh yeah the miles morales ultimate spider-man first omnibus was really really fun uh, i highly recommend that that was a highlight for me in 2022 riley i'm curious speaking on miles morales did you play the new spider-man game the no miles morales? Mm -hmm. so as somebody who you i know you really appreciate <laughs> video games and you're talking about miles morales i think you would really enjoy that game um it's a great kind of starting point for that character it's kind of his origin story into becoming like a big boy superhero yeah the premise is that spider-man's out of town and needs miles to kind of watch over the city mm -hmm. so just you know if you're looking for a new video game i would give that one a try cool yeah i might do that all right yeah those miles morales books are awesome <coughs> i'm we need to i need to like we need to lock up our phones when we're talking about these things on the podcast, because I'm just so close to buying stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I already bought Saga while we were sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll be here tomorrow, I think. So uh, my last piece, this is my, this was a cool year um, because it had my least favorite Star Wars TV shows uh, that came out. And also one of my favorite TV shows of the year was a Star Wars TV show. So I was really nervous. Uh, when this year started, I did not, I did not enjoy the book of Boba Fett. I had a really hard time with that show, um, and I I got nervous. Uh, this was the year that my <laughs> giant two scale Star Wars Razor Crest came in, and I got some action figures, and I was not excited about opening them because I was so let down by Star Wars media. And then Kenobi came out, and I really didn't enjoy Kenobi either. And I had a really hard time with that show and it just did not go. And I've, I've been nervous. I've been nervous that my first media love of star Wars, I think that's one of the reasons why even talking to Riley, it was like, we need to double down on like a comic superhero podcast. Cause star Wars is dead to me. 
And then a little show called Andor came out and I fell in love with Star Wars in a way that I have not in a very, very long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Nice. Um, thank you. I was really proud of that one. Uh, Andor rocked so hard. Um, so Andor came out on Disney Plus this fall and it was the first time with any of the Disney Plus shows that I felt like it had elevated from like, oh, I think the best Marvel show is or I think the best Star Wars show is to like Andor is one of the best things that is on a TV or streaming. Uh, Andor was just a hard hitting, like very serious uh, spy drama about rebellions and revolution and fighting against a fascist government that explored so many facets of that universe in a way that felt extremely lived in. Um, it felt like it borrowed a lot from uh, Rogue One, which I really enjoy. It's a lot of the same team behind that, uh, but also from uh, elements like Blade Runner um, and some serious uh, dramas. I think the way that I kept pitching it to people is it's like, it is a Star Wars show on HBO, which it is not, it's on Disney Plus, but Andor, Andor really did it for me in a way that I think, um, feel extremely influenced by by that show so andor is really up there for me um if you have not checked it out i would highly encourage you to watch uh, but andor andor ranks very high on my my watches this year so did you guys ever check it out or no i have yet to mm-hmm. um i'm super know. excited to though yeah i'd say check it out it's it is it is a way that has made star wars feel not just extremely fresh but extremely mature um, in a way that I think I was wanting nothing, nothing against Mandalorian. I think Star Wars being a very kind of like old Western family adventure is super fun. But seeing one that could be like really like a, a cold hearted, brutal um, drama was was extremely cool to see. It, it made me have a lot of hope for where um, the future of this could go. I am I am reminded now of a conversation, Cody that you and I probably had four years ago, um, sitting in your drama classroom, talking about Star Wars, and what you kind of shared with me, and this this opened my mind to like this concept, but that Star Wars has evolved to a point where it doesn't have to be one thing anymore. Like you can have any style of media, any genre of TV totally, show yeah. in the Star Wars universe. Like there can be Star Wars rom-coms. Not mm-hmm. that I'm suggesting that. but You I, can suggest but that. I, I think I, that know. that's really... But point being, it, I, I appreciate what you're saying, that it's kind of like this is a universe that's so lived in and so like well-known. It can now expand to be anything we want it to be. And I think that's cool. I think this this finally felt like they were doing that <laughs> versus, especially with Kenobi and Boba Fett, it really felt like, oh, we're using the same sets. We're not leaving Tatooine. I think Riley has been on the record as saying he hates Tatooine and I get it and I'm kind of right there too um they need to go someplace else man <laughs> Riley I'm gonna buy you and your family like one-way tickets to Tatooine everything just... in Star Wars is on Tatooine and dude. I think that's what made Andor <laughs> awesome there's no mention of Tatooine there's no mention of Vader there's even like just casual m- mentions of Palpatine it is a very fresh show in a way that I it explored all the air aspects of Star Wars that I love and it it didn't even hint at the parts that I just super over. It's not always on Tatooine. Sometimes it's on Jakku. Yeah. Okay. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it's Sometimes on we're on Jakku instead. That sounds like a good Immortal X-Friends t-shirt. Sometimes it's on <laughs> Jakku. 
Oh man, uh, so that's that's for me. That's Andor. So that's, hit up that's your buddy Bob Iger and see if he's cool if we make that T-shirt. Hey Bobby, it's Cody again. Just just checking <laughs> Congrats in. Congrats on again. the new. Congrats on the gig. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving up, man. Moving up. Uh, moving on up. Moving to back the place up. you were before. Oh man, you wonder. I wonder how similar his office is going to be. Like if it's gonna be a noticeable difference, or if it's like actually like these are the five things I like on my desk. I'm really hoping that if there's way. like a a nameplate on his desk, they kept Bob Chapex, but they just <laughs> just like xed yeah. out the Chapex and put Iger. Oh man. Uh, on that note, Ethan, wrap us up with your wrap up, and then. So I'm gonna wrap us up with something that I've been excited to talk about for a while, and I I can't think of any good reason that I haven't brought this up yet, but if we're doing general media, a TV show for me that I was very fortunate to have experienced in 2022 was Better Call Saul. Uh, Halfway through the year, I was hit for the first time ever in this whole thing, I was hit with COVID. And I had a solid week and a half at home to watch seasons one through five. Uh, Even with COVID, Ethan, that's a lot of TV to watch. It was was appalling. And I, I was, I don't even want to talk about what my room looked like during that period because anyways, I was very fortunate to have caught up. I enjoyed so much about that show. And then right about the time I finished season five, season six started airing nice. on TV. So I caught up at the exact right moment. There is a lot I enjoy about the Breaking Bad universe, right? And Vince Gilligan, uh, everything that he's done. But what really stood out about that show to me was after I finished it, I went to bed and I thought to myself, there was no reason at all that that show needed to exist. It had no greater purpose. There was no teaser for it at the end of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad ended in its own right. But Vince Gilligan was successful in creating a character like Saul, giving him his own show. And this is very divisive in the fandom, but most people, like myself, I will go on record stating this, I enjoy Better Call Saul more than Breaking Bad. So I keep hearing that. I know. I know Riley is a big Breaking Bad fan. I'm a. I'm. I'm a big Breaking Bad fan. Like love. Love the TV show. I have not touched Better Call Saul, and I don't I think you have either. either. No. <laughs> so I just think it's really interesting. Where, um, and I mean this without any. This is not a big hot take or anything. Like, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad have done really, really well as like rewatch shows with people your age, Ethan, and and just like. That's that's really cool to me because I think that shows the staying power of that show and the fact that you guys dove into Better Call Saul. Like, I just I just yeah. haven't watched it. I really it's like you asked me. Ethan asked me about The Sopranos earlier, and I'm like I just haven't checked it out. I really want to. Well, and that's another because that. that's this is my whole. This isn't a hot take because this is like pretty well regarded, but I will stick to this. The Sopranos, the the character Tony Soprano was and is the inspiration for Walter White, and they are very parallel. I thought Ethan, your hot take was gonna be The Sopranos is a great show. I was gonna be like, no, Ethan, that's not a hot. Yeah, take. my hot take is that The Sopranos was a good show, and <laughs> and I'll fight anybody uh... who doesn't know. But yeah, I just I enjoyed so much about that show. I specifically want to shout out to Tony Dalton because I know he listens to the podcast too. Um, his portrayal of Lalo Salamanca being one of my favorite villains possibly even over Gus Fring and like I know you guys haven't watched the show but once you get around to it you are going to appreciate so much about what that villain does and how he is kind of like 
unassuming in every way and then all of a sudden he's like the biggest issue for every character Mm. i just yeah i appreciated so much about what the cast did and i i think the biggest thing for me was like it didn't need to exist it was completely pointless and it ended up being either as successful or more successful than the flagship show i mean that's exactly how i feel about andor like andor did not need to exist and it's now probably like my favorite piece of star wars exactly honestly so Yeah. yeah that's cool yeah, I've heard a lot of people praise Better Call Saul, and I am so glad that it exists, that people are loving it as much, if not more, than Breaking Bad, because that show was an absolute behemoth when it came out. Um, but I just have this weird relationship these days with, like, even Breaking Bad, a show that I loved so much. Like, I have the gigantic box set. Like, it's a, it's in, like, a... You have the one in the barrel? In the barrel. Nice. Yeah, I have that. And... Uh, I have not rewatched Breaking Bad since I finished it. Like I'll watch a few episodes at a time, but like I don't know if I was just like in in a certain like place when I binge watched that show in 2015 or whatever yeah. it was, but like I have not rewatched the show even once, you know, and uh I don't know. One day I will be in a place where I really just want to tackle Better Call Saul, but like I, for unknown reasons I just I haven't. I We're think... gonna be the best old men someday. Like yeah. Just rewatching TV. Well, when this podcast is on season, like season eighty, 60, yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'll like... probably still be young. When we're <laughs> yeah, Ethan yeah, will be our retired. caretaker. Yeah, uh, I I am fully <laughs> expecting plugging in the to the push you in your wheelchairs and and all that stuff. And I Riley, I've got to be honest. I think, I think you may need to get COVID and have like no <laughs> excuse to leave your house <laughs> just to watch it because. It's a great, it, like it is. I will always praise that show. There are moments where it takes time to pick up for re, for good reason, yeah. right? Because Vince Gilligan, it's it's the Hickman quote you had earlier. He plants seeds. Yeah. Mm. So just, I think you'll enjoy it once you get around to I it. I think that's the other shirt that we need besides sometimes it's on Shakur is he plants seeds. <laughs> I think that's our next Immortal X friend shirt. That's yeah. a good one. And people can think that we're also like trying to witness. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Um, all right, my uh, my final pick for 2022 is something that I greatly enjoyed. Uh, now, I should say that it scratched my itch, but I don't necessarily know if it scratched everybody's itch. Um, I very, very much, after not being super stoked on everything that came before it, uh, I really enjoyed Westworld Season 4. Um, rip Westworld. Uh, hopefully, they're able to somehow... Uh, make that final season that they had in their kind of like master blueprint of the show um, wasn't super stoked on season three it just kind of did some weird stuff that I, I didn't love um, I really I missed a lot of the the things that made seasons one and two really special for me um, and season four came back uh, with a lot of those elements for me um, really enjoyed some of the concepts some of the uh some of the ideas there was a there was a twist in one particular episode that uh had me feeling the way that i did while i watched the first two seasons what was it um yeah i really enjoyed westworld season four i don't think it was perfect i don't think it was for everyone but for me it was a nice uh, return to what made the first two seasons really special for me. Um, so I'm sad to see that show come to an end. 
hopefully there'll be something more with West for Westworld in the future. Uh, but if not, I guess I am, uh, I am really glad that season four did what it did. Uh, and I, it will leave me not with a, a bitter taste on my tongue. Um, that season three was kind of where it went and that was it. Um, yeah, season four was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. Um, it was very memorable for me as I sit thinking about the last year. Nice. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited to check that out. Ethan, you watched season one and two this year? I watched year? season one. I've started season okay, two, but cool. I wasn't too far into it. Yeah. I'll, I'll say, though, it's it's encouraging to me to hear you say that because a lot of people have not given praise to the last, like, you know chapter of yeah. westworld so i'm excited to like go on that journey i'm i'm really excited i <laughs> i watched i was all about westworld when it first came out and seasons one and two i really enjoyed fell off during season three um finished it but just we started season four and we just didn't you didn't broke riley's watching. heart i i remember getting texts from riley like sometimes very late at night saying cody you need to watch westworld season four and i just didn't get around to it but um i want to remedy that i guess i'll have to buy the blu-rays and support official media outlets since we are a media podcast ethan we or didn't apparently you you need to get covid <laughs> or get COVID. i love how yeah ethan's just wishing covid on people it's a great opportunity to catch up on tv Gosh, people died ethan <laughs> um <laughs> get covid catch up on tv wow um, on that note, that is not our official sponsor. We are not putting that uh, on a shirt. We are not putting that on a shirt. <laughs> this episode was sponsored by Pfizer. Um, but that that's us. That's us. That is Immortal X Friends. Uh, this one a bit longer than we thought. Um, but we are we are excited for this upcoming year. I think our next uh, our next episode is going to talk a little bit more about uh, not even goals. I guess like excitement that we have for media coming out in 2023 um as we look back we've we've read a lot this year yeah um mm. thank you for listening if you were part of our inaugural year uh, we really appreciate having you here and if you've made it this far with us i hope you continue to stick with us as we go into this next year i think we have a lot of exciting um ideas planned uh, some good episodes and just just a lot to look forward to as our ex-friends roster uh expands we'll talk more about that soon uh but thank you for listening and read comics and don't actually get COVID. yeah please, please do don't stay avoid. safe stay healthy there are other ways to stay home and watch tv just yeah. tell you just tell your boss you have COVID. you don't have to yeah if you need a actually tutorial get it. on how to you know take some days off yeah watch ferris bueller's day off he gives a nice tutorial yeah. in the first like 20 minutes it's all or about so. the clammy hands and yeah. pretty good lick your palms Symptoms. baby lick your palms you you lick your palms and on that note uh happy new year happy new year enjoy our new outro music written by um my good friend gage Cornell. goodbye goodbye <laughs>